Today is December 14th, 2018. This is episode 102 of Maelstrom Radio. Maelstrom Radio. Two mails from radio. My name is Flat. It's with me. Uh, normally Shin's here. He's not here. Everything's broken. Uh, and the camera's off for some reason. And I will fix that right now. Uh, uh, but normally Shin's here. He's out of town. He's uh, visiting family. Uh, this is probably why everything's gone to hell. I blame Shin. Everybody just blame Shin. Because uh, normally that's probably the best thing we could do um, while I fix things. So, all right, uh, but today you can't really see him. Uh, I have a host with me that's been my host before and other things, and uh, I'm going to introduce him as uh, the reason why I've been doing podcasting now for I don't know how many years, uh, and all because I I answered some Reddit post about EverQuest Next, uh, Tanlin, who I will get on screen momentarily, but Tanlin, uh, introduce yourself while I fix this camera. (laughs) And as Vladis had said, I started uh, podcasting with him uh, back in 2013 in a in a little show called uh, Evercast that covered EverQuest 3 and then Landmark, and then we opened it up to all games in a little podcast called Loot Table. And then, uh, yeah, after that, we kind of folded that up, and they Vladis uh, moved on to Maelstrom Radio full time, and I um. I just went back to playing games full time. Uh, yeah, that's about right. That's about that's that's pretty much it. I mean, I had started Maelstrom Radio, I think, during Loot Table. Yeah, yeah, we started um, Loot Table. I think it was March of twenty fifteen. It was. Uh, we had Sunset at Evercast. And we re- relaunched as Loot Table. And during my Loot Table days, I was like, man, I would lo- I'd love to do a podcast that was focused on one thing I was playing. <laughs> like, I liked that, that we were doing the show that was broad gaming. But I was like, it'd be great if we did the focus thing. And I did the focus thing. And then all of a sudden I was like, it'd be great <laughs> if I did a show that was broad gaming. <laughs> and here we are. It's just we didn't change the name this time. <laughs> it's the only difference. Uh, listen, uh, you know, sometimes you don't change the wheel. (laughs) 
maybe we should have just stayed with Evercast and kept on going. <laughs> just kept going. It's the cast that never ended. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, boy. Uh, but now everything's fixed magically. Uh, so yeah, no, it was uh, quite a time. But we do have some gaming news that we want to talk about here. So I'm going to go through these uh, fairly quickly because we have a lot of stuff to talk about later on. So, uh, nine new games will be added during the Xbox Winter of Arcade. So if you're like me and have an Xbox sitting there, I have an Xbox One X. I have the the fancy boy that's got. I don't know, 20,000 teraflops according to whatever Microsoft says. I don't know what a teraflop is, but it's got a lot of them, and apparently that's good for gaming. Uh, but uh, during the winter of arcade, they're going to have Monster Boy in the Cursed Kingdom, Mutant Year Zero, Subnautica, Ashen, Hello Neighbor, Hide and Seek, Kingdom 2, Crowns, Desert Child, Below, and Donut County. These are all being released through December. Some of these are already out. Uh, so if you're looking at getting some arcade games, if you're getting an Xbox for Christmas or picking up an Xbox for a loved one this Christmas, uh, some of these are actually really great uh, titles. Ashen, I've been playing because it's out already and it's actually really good and I would suggest getting it. <laughs> so and uh, I just I just picked up Subnautica for free. So that's what I was going to say. Subnautica is also a really good game and you can get it from for free if you get the Epic Launcher, whatever they're calling their launch. Epic, I'm going to say Epic Launcher. Uh, <clears throat> build your own PC game bundle for $5. Uh, Green Man Gaming is offering you a, uh, a chance to build your own gaming bundle for 5 bucks. That's five games for $5. Bucks. Uh, some of the games have already been sold out. Some of the games have not. So this is your chance to grab some uh, pretty good PC games for cheap. You can get not newer, brand new stuff, but I mean, you know. Five bucks. Five bucks is pretty good for you. You know, gaming. Uh, let's see. Uh, Geralt uh, or Geralt of uh, The Witcher is coming to Monster Hunter World. Monster Hunter World is slowly becoming the new uh, Smash Bros. by being a crossover game. Uh, I, I this I did not see coming, <laughs> and I'm pretty excited. Uh, I mean, it just means Shin and I have to go play more Monster Hunter. But isn't isn't that the one they added um, the girl from Horizon Zero Dawn to it? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be the uh, PS4, you know, all of their exclusive titles, characters. I mean, they've added a lot because they've added Final Fantasy XIV to it. They did a crossover Final Fantasy XIV. They added uh, Behemoth. They've added now Geralt. They've added who else? Street Fighter. Street Fighter came to the game for some reason. <laughs> uh, just everybody. Everybody's coming to this game. I don't even know why. Uh, let's see. Atlas Pirate, uh, Atlas, uh, the new pirate MMO from the creators of Ark. Uh, did you see this? Did you see the news on this? I, I, I'm looking it up right now. Cause I'm like, Oh, it is. I don't know how to describe this game. It is a mix between pirates. And, all right. So Sea of Thieves meets Ark meets Landmark, I guess is sort of what i can consider it to be a little bit it's got like fantasy elements there's like like it's got a fantasy setting so there are fantasy monsters in it but there is ships and private servers and and rule sets that you can create just like the arc servers but it's also an mmo and it's a massive world you can explore i'm excited to see this is small scale mmo but niche but outside the box because you can get your own server Okay. 
I feel like we're doing an episode of Evergast. <laughs> yes. Well, and um, what is it? Dual Universe just wrapped up their first uh, open, not open beta, their first alpha testing for their Kickstarter backers. And, and you know, like, I don't know if you've talked about it before, but Dual Universe is another voxel-based building sci-fi MMO light. Um, it's it, it's not going to be an MMO in the traditional sense of NPCs and quests, but it's going to be like you, there's no private servers. It's just everybody is on one server building things out of voxels. We've seen this done before. Uh-huh. She's seen this magic happen. Uh, new The new Smash update uh, from the creator. Oh, no, I, I'm missing up my things. Uh, the new Smash update is coming out next week and we'll and delete replays. Uh, so we will have the link on our uh when we post this to the site uh how do you can save back up your replays so that you don't lose them when the new smash update comes out so you know if if you're hoarding your replays that is i'm not so uh the game of the year according to the game awards was god of war uh which is cool uh red dead redemption did not sweep up the uh the game awards and god of war took home a, a title which i'm kind of kind of happy about because god of war i have it and, it and it looks fun and i want to play it i think that red dead red dead redemption it, it just wasn't out long enough uh <clears throat> agreed i i agree i just don't think it was out long enough it did sweep up a lot of like best voice, best voice acting, best music. It got a lot of, a lot of wins, um, but good, you know, good on them. I, I still, I still think God of War should have won best voice acting. I mean, the guy who does, who does uh, Kratos is just massive, and it's just a boy. Yeah, um, I haven't heard a whole lot from Red Dead Redemption. I've, I, I, I and and that tells me and that tells me that God of War should have won because I've heard I've seen the voice actor panels and really paid attention to it but nothing from Red Dead Redemption so yeah I I, I'm ex- well I mean I'm excited because it's it's they took the 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 god the God of War out of Greek mythology and put him into uh into the how do I say that uh like Viking Norse mythology. And I thought that was such a cool thing. And they changed the game style completely. They made it more adventure-esque instead of like hack and slash sort of stuff. Like it's more RPG. And then it is what it was before on the old consoles where it was just like a hack and slash butt masher. So great storytelling still, but a different type, much darker. I, I dig it. Uh, Magic the Gathering esports, oddly enough. Uh, uh, Wizards of the Coast is starting up a Magic the Gathering esports thing, like a t- not a team, but like just esports. Which which is weird because they already had a competitive circuit scene for the card game. So really, all they did was take it and they relaunched it as an arena game, and then they're backing the arena game with a massive prize pool. Mm-hmm. Which good because i mean a lot of people want to be able to take magic on the go and and play it. and i beta tested it i have the magic the gathering arena it's really good it's like actually like probably one of my favorite and i've always i think i even said Evercast days like if there was a good match the gathering game that could beat hearthstone i'd play that it's here it took a long right. time but it's here 
wasn't there one before, but it was kind of not that good. It was, it was based on the buy to play versions. Like, so they based it on that and, and the buy to play versions are really good, but they, they nickel and dimed you on that one. This one doesn't feel at, this is more of the Hearthstone. Like you can play it and still like get cards, but you can also give money to get cards. So it's like, I feel it, but it's fine. Like, I feel like I'm getting something out of it either way I play. Like I'm playing through tutorial, I'm getting cards. I'm doing this, I can get a card. Like there's challenges, I can get cards. Like so, I feel like there's more for me to do to get where I want to be in the game. Where versus like the other one was like, well, if you just don't have this deck, you're not gonna play. Like you're just you're gonna have to buy the deck. And instead, I can just build it up, and I'm okay with that. Uh, Blizzard cancels Heroes of the Storm, HGC, Heroes Global Championship, and Heroes of the Dorm. Uh, I saw there there's news that they actually removed some uh, team members from Heroes of the Storm and put them on a, a new team. They didn't say what they were working on, but just that they were moving them over to something new or at least new positions within the company. To them. Yeah. So Blizzard said um, if since BlizzCon to now, they've said that they've never had as many unannounced games and projects in in work. And it sounds like they just move those people off of Heroes of the Storm and move them to those other projects or move them to projects that we do know about. Like if you're an animation artist, you you can work on any team, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can work on any team. I mean, you could probably work on a, a, a game for mobile. <laughs> so. Yeah. But this is... <laughs> This is the first time, though, we've seen, uh, especially like uh, a company at Blizzard level, like fold up an entire competitive scene. Um, and and going back to our Evercast days, Flatus, weren't you the one that was saying that, like, make your game fun to play, and if there's a competitive scene, it'll develop on its own? But if yes. you push it... Yes, I did. Isn't it funny that they were pushing this, and now it's now it's just folded? It... I, Overwatch came out, didn't have a competitive scene. It became extremely popular because it was fun to play and the competitive scene grew around it. The opposite happened with the one they wanted to try to make the competitive one. <laughs> I still stand by that statement. Make your game fun first. The competitive, like, it, it happens all the time. It happens with everything. Look at, um, what's the car one with the soccer ball? Um, Rocket League. Rocket League. Rocket League came out. No, no vision of it becoming an esport, right? Like they just said, "Hey, we're just gonna mix." And they actually came out with that game once before. It just didn't do well, so they sharpened it up and actually updated the graphics and everything. And it did really well the second time. It then became an esport. So it's entirely possible to do this. Just Blizzard just is somehow going about it the wrong way. Hopefully, they they've learned from this. Well, <laughs> I think that they built. Overwatch with the intention of produce producing an esport because a lot of the spectator interface things that you'd like to see they had like saved re do they have saved replay I know that there's a lot of stuff that they borrowed from StarCraft II um, that allows for like a tournament scene to develop around Overwatch. All they had, but they knew they that game was good. They knew that game was good and that people were going to be playing. They did, and nothing was in the market for a long time. Like, I, also, Heroes of the Storm came out in a saturated market where Overwatch had no competition, really. I mean, Team Fortress 2 was its only competition that was out for years, and there was no updates to that thing, so. Uh, Discord undercuts Epic, which undercuts Steam. <laughs> so, if you've not been paying attention, 
uh, Epic Games came out with their own game launcher and they undercut Steam uh, by a good healthy amount. And uh, then Discord was like, we ain't having none of that. So they and, and I don't know if you've been paying attention, but if you don't use Discord, which I'm pretty sure you do, uh, they have they've launched a game store, but they were really quiet about it. They didn't really make a big deal about it, but it's there. It's you can have access to it. It's right there right now. And they've definitely undercut Epic. And they're offering better payouts for developers, which is at 90%. And they only want a 10% to keep their operating costs for their servers and stuff like that. And they say the reason for that is Nitro, which is the service is 10 bucks. It's kind of like Netflix for indie games. So you can have access to all the games for 10 bucks, which is not a bad deal. And you get all the bonus and boons and extras that come with the bells and whistles of Nitro anyway, like animated GIFs and, and emotes and emojis from other servers. It's a bunch of stuff. So uh did, what do you I, I mean i don't see it as if you can let me play with my friends on any platform like i could play online with friends on discord games if i could buy a game on discord and it lets me play with my friends on steam <laughs> thumbs up for me i don't care i don't care where i get my games if it's a better deal and the developer's getting a better cut i'll buy it there uh but i just want to play with my friends so figure that out and we'll talk uh, a little bit of community news. I just want to remind folks that, yes, Maelstrom Radio is new. It's no longer Final Fantasy XIV podcast. It is a general gaming podcast now. But remember, the show is mainly about you. It's one of the reasons why we have Tamlin here. We will be talking to Tamlin about something specific. Uh, the show is about you. And that what that means and how you can help is that you share us with your friends in other gaming communities, not just Final Fantasy XIV. If you have friends in WoW, if you have friends in Overwatch, if you have friends playing Epic Games, Fortnite, Minecraft, whatever the game is, we want to talk to them if they're doing something interesting and cool, especially now since Fortnite's adding a sort of building map editor that can allow people to upload, get their maps put in as game types in the game. I, I want to see that happen. I want to talk to somebody that's doing that. Speaking of Fortnite, you see that uh, Daybreak announced Planetside Arena. I, di- I didn't add that in the news, but I did. I didn't know what it did. You know, I, I was, I forgot that. I overlooked that. Uh, that's, but see, they're going 250 versus 250. And, and so it's not, it's a team-based battle royale. And I've been, I've been waiting for like a really team-based shooter of that scale for a long time now. And I, I mean, like, I'm, I'm hoping Daybreak can pull I, I hope they could pull it off too. They did just have layoffs as well. It's weird that they were like layoffs and all of a sudden game announcement. And I was like, ooh, okay. So that's good news. At least they're pushing out something new. Uh, I, I, you know, if they ever announce like an Ever EverQuest 3, maybe one day I'll just do a reunion show here and get the gang back together. That'd be epic. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, besides sharing us, uh, share us with your folks, uh, any, uh, you, you know, doing something cool in other games. Also review us on iTunes, Twitch, uh, and other shows. Give us likes, follows, all that stuff. It helps. Those reviews on iTunes definitely help. So, uh, please, we will, we will continue to succeed if you help us succeed. So. Yeah. And I, I'm going to get back to that point about reviews, follows, likes, all of that when we started talking esports. Mhm. So, speaking of, this <laughs> is good segue. Uh so you know, I know who you are. You kind of gave us a little bit of a rundown uh and I know so we have some people just joined recently. Uh but uh you, to my audience, you're you're the new guy. Like they don't know who you I know who you are. <laughs> I've known you for years, but who can you tell us a little bit about yourself? 
Um, sure. Um, so one of the things that like beyond just gaming, um, and, and of course, Vanguard, the saga of heroes, MMO that I talk about in almost every single show. Uh, one of the things that I'm super, super, uh, hyped about that like will get me, you know, like, you know, doing a little dance in my chair is esports. Um, along with traditional sports, if there's some tournament on, I've normally got it on, um, on one of my monitors so that I can follow along with it. Um, and in the last, like, I think it's been six months because we did one tournament in the spring, I've joined an organization in that um, does community WoW tournaments. And um, I'm sporting the jersey now. I don't know if you can see it. It's uh, it's Resurgent Esports and it has a killer logo. It is. <laughs> the great logo. And I'll link it uh, in a minute here. Uh, so yeah, we, that's, that's what I've been, I, you know, I've been doing my own gaming and my own stuff, but, uh, you know, I've also been helping out with them, um, trying to get, um, not only wow, um, arena three V three, but one of the big things is that starting, I think we started last week and, t uh, tonight right now is our second week. We're doing rated battlegrounds at six V six battlegrounds object instead of, you know, just, um, arena is, uh, what do they call it? Deathmatch where you kill a guy and they or kill a, a character and they don't come back. Um, rated battlegrounds is more of a PVP, which is objective based. Like you could still kill everybody on the team and still lose because you're not going after battleground objectives. Speaking of like, uh, like just the esports itself, like we we like back on our show when we did Evercast, like esports was like no, I wouldn't say it was budding, it was there, but did you imagine it would blow up? Like we always said on our show, like man, esports is going to be the new big thing. Like we we would constantly say that, but did you think it would blow up that much in the short amount of time? Because it really, I mean, from the time we started Evercast to now, it has exploded. <laughs> I, I kind of saw that it was coming um, and, and, and a couple of my an anecdotes about why I saw it coming is because like when I was growing up, it was, it, it was your traditional t your T sports, right? Uh, baseball, football, basketball. And if you weren't watching it, you were maybe going down to the park or the YMCA and, or joining a rec league and playing, you know, like a, a, in a softball league. And it seemed that people weren't doing that as often. It no longer became as common. And what were we doing instead? What were we doing as entertainment? We were playing video games. And so it just seemed like naturally as, you know, the people that grew up playing video games, not wanting to play baseball, not following along with baseball. Well, what are they doing now? They're playing the same video game or other video games. Why not start a community leagues? Why not, you know you know, form a team with your friends and just play for fun and then play for competition and then register for tournaments as a competitive team and see how far you can get because that those are all things that are really exciting. I'm I'm waiting for like land parties at the Y. <laughs> I, you've seen it like uh, at universities that they're 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 advertising not only their traditional sports teams but they're being and we just built our esports lab or esports room where you can you know you know you don't have to have your own computer equipment you can check out you know register your team and we're going to compete at this time and you know 
form a team at the school and compete in the school leagues. And they're, they're providing the space and, and the, you know, the equipment that you need to do it. I know we've often said, I think, I think you and I've both said before, like, I think we were born at the wrong time. <laughs> just, just. I'm waiting for the over, over 40 leagues. That, yo, I'm like, I just, just need to find like the late twenties to early thirties teams. And I'll be like, I'm in there. Get me in there. I just need to be really good at a card game, like just Magic the Gathering Arena. I just need to be really good at that. Right, and that was the one of the other things is that, um, you know, we see a lot of players um, that are young playing Hearthstone, but that, that's one of the games where I think that age is only an advantage because traditionally speaking, younger people have less responsibilities, so they have more time to like really focus in a competitive game like that. Um, but that isn't to say that those skills won't diminish over time. So Hearthstone actually pretty much has a healthy, you know, longevity to it if you want to get into a sport that will last a long time. Whereas, you know, it's just the nature of aging is your reflexes slow down. And in Twitch-based games, that's gonna it's gonna be something that slows you down. I'm waiting for the uh the retired old like the like the 65-year-old who's retired playing Hearthstone is on Twitch. And like, and then he's really good and gets into competitions. And like, I would root for him. I'm like, yeah, grandpa. Be my favorite. Sign me up. <laughs> um, all right. So the, the, you said you were uh, you know, with resurgence. So like, what, what does that mean? Like the time between like the ending of loot table and now, like, was it like, did you instantly jump into esports or were, was that, I, I know you were watching, I think we were always just staying in contact with each other. So I know it's always been on your, on your, your radar. I actually wanted to get involved in Heroes of the Storm and like helping out in that competitive scene, but it just didn't seem like um, I could find a good fit for myself. And then um, it was actually Angela, Kylast and I both looked at Resurgent and we liked what they were doing. We liked what they were doing, um, and I actually volunteered just to be. Um, so, so what I do for for Resurgent is I'm a tournament admin, and one of the, I I I I am the liaison between the stream team and the players, right? So the so how do I how do I put this? So that um, I'm interacting with the players and and getting them ready to compete in the game, while at the same time communicating with the stream team, the people that are streaming it, casting it, hosting the game, stuff like that, while they are interacting with an audience and making a nice, you know, presentable um, video production out of it. Um, but they don't need to know. They don't need to get necessarily into the nitty gritty of like dealing with the players. And so I'm basically like helping the players understand what their choices are and then communicating those choices back to the production team so that they can put that out to the audience. Um, and I've been, I've done that for three tournaments now. Um, we did one in the summer, one right before BlizzCon and another one that escapes me. I think, I think that was just our Monday night tournament that I helped out with, which was the third one. That's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, so, and the reason why I love this, right, is because actually going to NASCAR, <laughs> right, when you watch NASCAR, 
and it, funny enough, you can listen to the broadcast and the casters talk about the NASCAR, right? And this is really, I don't understand it, but other people do. They enjoy it, you know, tracks, you know, cars going around a track. But one of the things that you can do with NASCAR is you can pay to listen into the team radio conversation instead of the caster. So you can hear the pit crew talking to the driver. And I always thought that that was really cool. And when I'm watching these PVP tournaments, I'm like, man, I'd love to be able to listen to what they're thinking about, what they're talking about in the middle of a competition. And so as a tournament admin, one of the things I, I'm able to do is I volunteer so that I can have that close proximity to the players, like because I present them with the choice and then I get to listen to them talk about what choice they want to make going into the next match. And it's like, you don't get that as a viewer. That is so interesting. And I would love that. Like if they did that for esports, like, like, oh. but my only idea would be is like, you'd have to really make sure that like the other teams couldn't get that audio or some have fed their info, the info fed to them. Cause it instantly would like crush the other team out. Yeah, Overwatch does it, but they do it like at the end of the match. They'll go like, oh, hey, did you see that killer play? Well, let's go in and listen on the 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 team communication. That's so that you can cool. so you can you can they it's basically a replay of what just happened, but you can but instead of hearing the casters talk over it, you hear the players calling out the actions as they're going through that play. That's really cool. So, so what, what is it like working with or being part of like an esports team? Like, what is that like? A lot of meetings. <laughs> you know what went well, what as went, you do, what went poorly. You know, always looking for improvement. Um, but I, I will tell you, one of the things that that um, that we're finding out, right, is because there's there's no guidebook. Like, how do you grow? How do you put on a production? How do you sponsor a team? There's no there's no books that you can go read that tell you how to do it. There's no there's no guidebook. Um, so we're learning it all on the fly. And one of the, like you mentioned, it, you know, your community, those likes, those follows, those you know, you know, comments, reviews, everything. Those are gold. Because when you when you go to a, and ask a, a company to sponsor you, that's that's what they want. Like, well, what are your metrics? Uh, and just in case you you all don't know what a metric is, it's what Flatus looks at, looks at on Saturdays and weeps a little. <laughs> like, how do I grow this better? Yeah, and it, it it's so like seriously. If you like a show, or if you like even a video game, a developer, a um, any esport team, hit that follow on Twitter, Instagram, whatever they have, um, because it helps them out so much. Yeah, it's it was, the, and I think we've been do, saying this. I think ever since Evercast, I think I was always telling our like the audience then, and as audience changed and everything, I was always reiterating the most important part of this is you all. It's you out there because we we can turn on the mics. There could be three people listening. We would still do this. But the fact that you have that word of mouth and saying, hey, listen, like they're doing it, they're talking about interesting things. That's how Evercast blew up, honestly. I mean, we were one of the first on the scene and that helped. But I think part of the reason was that we kept telling people, no, go share us with other people. And and people kept coming in, uh, which was an interesting aspect of the show. It's like, it's how we got to where we were with that show. 
Um, and it's the same with, and you're right. It's the same with anything else. If you're doing anything at all, it's just, if you're, your social media presence, your, your, your Twitch presence, your anything, YouTube, those likes, those, those thumbs ups, those follows all are some, that's a physical thing that you can point to and say, this is why you should be giving us support. <laughs> and that helps. And I, I, I didn't think about it in like in the esports aspect, but that helps like a growing team. Like, hey, listen, we're, we're getting a lot of recognition, not only but by people wanting to watch us, but like even like small time companies like, hey, Humble is following us and, and giving support now. Like you can start making those bigger ass like, hey, Corsair, can, can we get a couple of mice for our players? We're getting like a thousand views of stream or whatever the case is. And- Exactly. And, and honestly, as, as the, you know, as the world of marketing evolves, companies are always looking for, you know, like what, what gets us recognized. And so what they've, what they've come to realize is that it works. Um, that, that if you have a large Twitter follower, it works. Um, there now, now Twitch, is this huge platform for marketing going since we're talking about esports and t sports it's also worth pointing out that the NFL was looking for a home for its for its Thursday night football games and they did Twitter for a year and guess where they're at now you can watch NFL Thursday night football games for free on Twitch why because that's where young people are watching and so the NFL realizes the importance that they have to, ha- they can't ignore the presence there. They have to be there. Otherwise they're going to have a whole generation that grows up without football. I, I completely agree. I, 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 I hate to say it and it's been like yet again, a short time, but we were kind of on the, the, the wild West days of Twitch. Like it wasn't, it was early. I think I remember a time where we had massive numbers drawing in. I had like when I streamed under the flattest name, there were easily 80 people watching me do dumb crap in like they just digging a straight down into a hole in landmark. And if I knew what I knew, oh, right. if I knew now what I knew then, <laughs> it'd be a different ball game for all of us. Um so it's it, it is it's such an interesting thing to like look at and point out but that's not it's not even football like look at like i can't remember it was like a three four months ago i was like wrestling i saw there was a re- like i was looking through games because sometimes i like to like watch like lower key games and sometimes cooking i like to see this people are cooking like i just don't know why because the people do that and and i saw it was like wrestling and i clicked on it sure enough like x uh i can't remember like one of the the weirder like but still like big, like I remember the name, like it was up there. I think they've been on like WWE before, but I just like extreme, like whatever wrestling is on Twitch and then low, like backyard wrestling. No, no. What's crazy is that, um, did you, okay. So, so, um, Warcraft, uh, their South American team, um, teamed up with the, 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 Mexican wrestling, I forget the, the Mexican. The, okay, so basically it was Mexican wrestlers doing their traditional wrestling, but they decided whether they were wrestling for the Horde or the Alliance and the the South American uh, World of Warcraft community team sponsored it as kind of like a, a, a image, you know, public relation event. 
And so they were running, you know, they were wrestling with like horde logos on and it was on Twitch. That's amazing. I can't, I kind of want to YouTube this and see if I can find videos of it. I'll have to see if I can find it for you. That's pretty great. That's pretty great. Uh, real quick in chat, Susan Sprinkle, big ups to DiGiorno. Yep, that's right. DiGiorno follows us on Twitch. <laughs> Cause it's, if it's not delivery, it's DiGiorno. Uh, they don't sponsor me, but I will take free pizzas. <laughs> so, uh, uh, curses. I was going to say YouTube's, uh, no, yeah, no, it's here. Um, all right. So Paul metal, uh, sent me some questions. Paul metal is a, a viewer of ours. Uh, he also does a, his own uh, Final Fantasy fourteen podcast called uh, Moon Go Around. Uh, but Paul Metal asks, uh, with esports growing, what do you guys think about it coming to MMORPGs like Final Fantasy fourteen uh, with the Feast tournament and WoW with PvP tournaments? Uh, you wanna you wanna take the, I I'll, I'll let you answer the, I guess the maybe the WoW aspect of this. I you know yesterday my answer yesterday would have been different than my answer today. My answer today is that with because Blizzard was the main driving force of Heroes of the Storm uh, HGC, and they pulled out, they pulled the rug out from underneath the an entire professional ecosystem. And so yesterday, I would have said like keep these big events at like FanFest and at BlizzCon because it's just these epic gaming moments, you know, no matter what your game is, you know, like I watched League of Legends, um, the, uh, and then Dota 2 has the international, you know, these huge big events. Um, but today my answer has changed and that my answer is, is that I, I want to see more independent events and I want the independent events to be the bigger events. Um, and the reason why is because I don't, because you don't want like your, just the whole professional scene around a game organized and held up by one pillar, because if that pillar is removed, everything comes crashing down. And the more you can spread that support for a, a scene up from many different angles, the less likely it is to fall apart. Uh, so an example of this, um, and I'm going to, because, you know, I'm a big Blizzard fanboy, but I'm going to use Blizzard's own words because they were talking about, they, they, there's a, a competitive scene about world first racing. And Blizzard came out and said that we're going to do what we're going to do because we have a huge broad audience that we want to find, you know, entertainment for, right? Um, but if you guys want to do a competitive scene to see who can race through it the fastest, that's you guys go and do that um, because you guys created it to begin with. And so that, you know, that's the way it really should be. Blizzard produces the game and gives us or, or whatever company, um, you know, Square or um, Riot, give us the game and then let a different organization with many different support structures in place do the big events because that way if there's ever a problem it doesn't come all crashing down i will answer the final fantasy 14 aspect of this um i don't think final fantasy 14 is there yet i don't think their mind is on the point where it's saying yes we can look at our pvp and say that we can make this an esport Will I say in a few years time, could it be there? Yes, absolutely. But it's taken Blizzard years, years to get P their PVP to where it is and saying like, 
I mean, they've had tournaments. They've always had like that, the tournament. Well, say I wanted to point. I I, I completely forgot about StarCraft Two. StarCraft Two in Korea is its whole. It's 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 its own different entity. Like Blizzard produces the game and and you know provides the servers for them to play it. But the but their circuit and and their rules for players and player acquisition that's all handled outside. And I think that you know that's let it be that way. Let it because it develops more organically and it has more structure um, so that you're like I was saying, like there's not just one pillar holding everything up. And if that pillar ever comes crumbling down, you know, that's it. Game over. Yeah. And that right now, like the only thing holding up Final Fantasy 14 PvP is square. <laughs> so that's the only pillar right now. And there's a lot of changes they need to f- make with PvP to make it so that it's not like. I'm telling you that some of the queues, man, like these queues are like 30 to 40 minutes and I'm not willing to wait 30, 40 minutes just to do one round. And it's not worth it. Like they need to figure out, like they need to look at other MMOs and figure out like how to fix their PVP first and like get so people play it versus people not playing it. So that's, that's my opinion, at least on the 14 stuff. Um, only having uh, them at big events. So you've already, we kind of already talked about this. So we, we've, I think we're both in agreement here. I think like having an outside, uh, company or outside uh, uh, source to handle the big events is the smart way of going up because yet again that goes back to just make the game fun and let everybody else handle it <laughs> so uh, should other MMORPGs do the same and use their PvP as esports I mean I could say Ashes of Creation this this month is taking their to test their 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 not only their combat in the game they're taking their pvp and releasing it as a um battle royale <laughs> so sure <laughs> I, I i don't yeah i mean i i would say Make sure that you're, if you're going to have PVP and you're thinking about an esport developing in the long run, just make sure that there are tools in place so that the community can run their own events and see what happens from there. Um, make sure that there is a spectator mode and that you can, you know, form brackets. Do you, do, you, do you have integrated voice for team captains and stuff like that? Does your game really provide the tools necessary for a competitive scene and if they don't add them and see what happens with that if there is a competitive scene that develops on its own and if that and if it and if there is a competitive scene then you can think about like okay well what more can we do to support what's growing there and if there isn't something growing there is your game still fun well then don't worry about it you know yeah uh what's your favorite esport event and why I, I know what mine is. I... BlizzCon. And if you want me to go to a specific game, it's it's World of Warcraft 3v3 Arena. And the, and I, the funny thing is, is I was falling. I thought that it was getting a little stale, but there, there's just enough going on now that I, I really feel like it's fun to watch, especially when you get into a live you know, when you're seeing it live in a crowd with spectators, it's awesome. For me, it's Evo. And we could probably, like, I love Evo. I will watch it every single year. I will watch 
it's it's just there's so much energy um there there's different games going on so you're, you could be watching smash bros you'd be watching street fighter mortal kombat uh just so many different fighting games and so many different players of those games um and there's it's it's so much fun it's just a great a great great sense of um just competition and there's a little bit of and i love it there's a little bit of smack talk and still like a little bit like i kind of like from an esport like sports in general like almost like mma where they're doing the weigh-ins and stuff. like there's a little bit of like you know like a little uh, like a little showmanship and i kind of dig that i dig that that's there uh, i i totally dig sonic fox um and i love that he won esport what was it at the game awards it was esport, esport play, player, player of the year, of the year yeah and he's got that same sort of edge to him that he's not afraid of being like, yeah, I'm better than you. He'll talk, he'll talk mad crap and put on his, put on the whole furry suit and everything, everything. And I love that. I love the confidence. I love the, the cocky attitude that he's got. And, and he's just like, I, I I'm just, I love playing video games. I love beat. And it, the best thing he said was, I love beating people at fighting games <laughs> like that. It's such a great thing to say for like, like, like the, the attitude, the, the spunk. I love it. I love it. Uh, esports scandals, like throwing big tournaments for money. Uh, for example, uh, Paul metal gave the, the CSGO, um, example. Uh, it's po- entirely possible. I don't see what, like we, we just- uh, yeah. Starcraft two has had, um, people thrown out for fixing, fixing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, you just you you, you got to throw them out. You've got to ban them for life. You've got to make it just clear that you know the you can't have that in the game <laughs> or or in the competitive scene. Yep. Uh, do you think esports is hard to get into being a player or staff? Well, I guess you can answer part of this. Not at all. There you go. Okay, so so here's here I'm going to qualify that a little bit to to find a paying job and a job that pays you enough that you can support yourself. Like this is what I want to do full time as a profession. This is where you want my, this is where your career is going to be now and into the future. It can be difficult, um, but it's not impossible. You just have to make opportunities for yourself. Um, there's a fine line between volunteering and being taken advantage of and then volunteering and having fun with it. Um, I, I, I can't, I, I think that for anybody that's their own line to draw. Am I, do I feel like I'm being taken advantage of, do, you know, where's that line for you? I do it for fun. And, and I, I mentioned earlier, I do it because I like being able to hear the players talk about things that they're, they don't talk about to casters or to, you know, to, to the audience at all. This is their private conversations. And, you know, I'm, I'm admin. I take that job very seriously. They're trusting me. I don't talk about what they talk about. I just get to listen. See, I, I, it, it, I would be on the flip side. Like I, I think I could probably get into esports. Uh, I don't know. Like, I, like if I practice more at fighting games, I could probably do it for fighting games. Um, and if I practice more at Magic the Gathering Arena, I could probably do Magic the Gathering Arena. I think, I think if you, it's just your dedication to the game you want it, like it's pretty much like a lot of focus. Like I'm going to be, this is going to be the game I know I'm going to, and you have to, and I, I assume it's just like anything else. Like 
I learned to play guitar, but I knew that I had to put hours into learning an instrument. It's the same thing. I have to put hours into learning this game and knowing that game like the back of your hand. And it, it, if, if it's something like, do I want to play this on a level where it's like, this is the thing I play majority of my time during a week versus I want to play this for a couple hours here and then maybe go play something else like Smash Bros just came out. So I want to go spend my some time there. That's something you have to ask yourself. And I, there is like I, I give players a lot of credit because if they're playing Overwatch, they are playing hours and hours of Overwatch. Not to say they don't play anything else, but majority of their time is team practice getting to know new characters, getting to know the ins and outs. If there's a patch, if somebody's nerfed or buffed, they have to look at that stuff and how that changes their character and how they changes their play. Like, all of that gets looked at. Play on the PTR realm so that they know what changes are coming before they're even in the game. Yeah, yeah. And and that's, for from a player point of view, I don't think it's necessarily difficult, but it's... You know, I'm going to go back to Tiger Woods. What did he he told his dad he wanted to be pro, be a pro when he was like 12 years old, and his dad took him seriously. And so I'm like, okay, but you know, look at what all you're going to have to sacrifice to be the best in the world. Yep, sacrificed a lot. So, what do you think uh, the stress levels are in esports, and how do you think players deal with stress? Uh, you might be better to answer this question than I can, honestly. And I I think about this all the time. And I'm going to say that one of the things that we're lacking the most in esports is coaching. And that's coaching from the very lowest levels up until the mid levels. Because once you go pro, especially like Overwatch has been making this big thing about how they have professional psychologists on the team to help with the mental health of the players and to, to, you know, talk about that sort of, you know, how are you feeling mentally to get prepared for the matches, but all the way from the very low levels, I feel that there's that, that that's one of the things that the coach is supposed to help out with, not just, you know, how to manage stress, how to recognize stress, how to develop techniques to overcome the stress. And, I, I think it's a huge – you're talking about like how to get into player and staff. Like I wish there was an easier way to be like, hey, I feel like I'm a good coach. Um, I don't want to tell you how to play the game better, but I think I can help you out in other ways. And I think that that would help. Let Flatus manage your team. <laughs> I can't tell you how to play better, but I can tell you how to like – you know, live your life a little bit better and then you'll won't like it'll 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 spread throughout everything. They, they made the joke about like the team mom, right? You know, like your soccer ball, soccer mom, right? But there really needs to be like a team dad to be like, it's okay that you lost. Let's talk about it. It's okay. You did your best. Can you get better? What can we do better? You know, it's not the end of the world. It's just one game. How do you pick yourself up and get ready for the next one? Yeah telling you that's uh, maybe i'm not made for esports playing i am made for that <laughs> that's that's what i'm made for i put on this earth for that you just got to find me a team that'll take me <laughs> just one uh thoughts on esports movement how esports itself is affecting esport uh how all right hold on thoughts on esport the esport movement and how sports itself is affecting esports as a sport <laughs> I'm going to, I think, I, I think I, under, I understand what he's saying. He's saying on the esports movement itself, how are sports? Well, you said it earlier. I think 
we're looking at the times now where like even though it's not only like where are all the young kids at watching everything it's twitch sports are realizing yes we need to be on twitch right like it's affecting sports like we need to get away from, like yeah we can still be on espn but like esports started being on espn and then people started talking crap about video games on espn and all of a sudden now nfl's coming to twitch and they're like hey remember us <laughs> Right. And, and what does, and, and I'm going to put it out there. What does Twitch have that ESPN doesn't have that NBC doesn't have? It has that interactive cheer emote or inter, interactive chat cheer emotes so that you, um, you don't feel like you're sitting and passively watching. You get to actively participate in viewing the matches. And I think that esports is going to, I think that the esports recognize something earlier than traditional sports. It's the camaraderie, and you can do that right from your home. It's it that what what is the best thing about like going and watching sports live, right? Being in the stands, being with the other fans, talking crap, like cheering your team on. You can do that right here from your from your computer in Twitch chat, doing cheer emotes, ch- chatting with other people, trolling a little bit. Like you do that right in the sports arena. You troll a little bit. You make fun of the other team, the other player. It's the same thing. And it's 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 something that they've realized early on. We reinforce this in a digital space way early on. And now the chance for that to come for football is great because now most people are sitting there like, hey, I'm going to watch the game, honey. But now you're interacting with other people and sitting there talking mad crap about the other team like, ah, screw the Cowboys. (laughs) And, And you're like, go Eagles. And it should be pointed out that uh, at least two of the teams that I know of off the top of my head, um, the in Overwatch League, the Boston Rebels is owned by the Kraft Group, which also owns the New England Patriots, and the LA Gladiators is owned by the same group that owns the LA Rams. And I think that there's like a couple of League of Legends teams that are in part owned by professional basketball teams. I People realize what's what's happening. Oh yeah, for for sure. They they, they know the mo- where the money's going. You're just you're chasing the money. Uh, I I it wouldn't it wouldn't be far off from any of us to see some. I'm not man. It'd be so interesting in my lifetime to see like an esport at an Olympics. <laughs> and I'm I'm sure it's close. It's it's. <laughs> Like it's skateboarding hasn't hit yet. <laughs> like I'm just pointing it out. Skateboarding has not hit the Olympics. Snowboarding, yes. Skateboarding has not hit the Olympics yet. If esports beat skateboarding, we can all pretty much count skateboarding out at that point. <laughs> it is never gonna happen. Um all right, uh let's see. Oaken asks, uh, why have esports athletes and promoters adopted a f- uh, fairly uniform gaudy aesthetic, including ill-fitting polyester t-shirt uniforms? <laughs> I feel so bad for uh, and blinking peripherals. Uh, peripherals. It looks like they're uh, the offspring of a Monster Energy drink promoter and a NASCAR driver. They, uh, have any esports uh, entities adopted an aesthetic that won't hurt esports athletes' chances of being, being of being laid? <laughs> uh, I mean, do you want to answer this one, or do you want me to take this? I one? I, I, I showed it. I I, I I'm. I'm branded uh, by the company that made our jerseys for my uh, for the esports uh, organization that I'm from. It, remember when we were talking about likes, follows, you know, it's basically about visibility. 
Um, and and the thing is, is that traditional sports have those same things. They're less noticeable, but you'll still see that Nike swoosh or um, I think Nike is the sponsor for the NFL. So you'll see the the little Nike swoosh. Um, yeah, it, it happens because that's where they where teams get their money, because what, what you're doing as part of an esport team is you're making a product that you're hoping to get other people to consume and they consume it by viewing it. The problem with that is that there is no financial transaction between me performing or not me, me putting on a, a production that you're viewing. So how how do we get that that value from it? And that's by slapping a monster logo, you know. Um, and so that's why you see all of the the patches and stuff like that. Uh, the other questions about the ill-fitting polyester, uh, because I don't know. I I like the jersey. I I would chalk it up to that. There's various play like because if you look at sports. Players are are usually physically fit. I'm not saying esports players are not physically fit. I'm just saying they're usually their 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 uniforms are cut in a certain way that it, it fits their body. Where the players are, they're gamers, right? So they're just like, here's a t-shirt, and it'll it, here it's XL or it's two XL, depending on or small or whatever your size is. It's gonna fit you. You're not filling it out unless you're working out and you're looking good and you're 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 fitting that shirt and you're keeping a tight cut. <laughs> I mean, you're coming out to do what you do best is play that game, right? So that's that's where your focus is. I'm not saying that like there aren't players that don't work out and don't jog and don't do any of that stuff. I'm just saying like you're 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 saying that like it's ill fitting. It, it, but is it ill fitting or is it just just here's, gonna, here's an extra large shirt. <laughs> I was gonna put it out there. Go look at a high school football team compared to a pro team. <laughs> you got that one big kid who's like hit his growth spurt. The, sh- the the shirt's like a midriff on him, but he's still wearing it anyway because coach is like, "Well, we can't get new uniforms. You're stuck with that, buddy." Or he like you know he's like, "I'm I like this number. I'm gonna wear this number." And the school is like, "This is the only jersey we have with that number on it." He's like, "Fine, fine. I don't care." Uh, uh, chances of being late. Listen, I can't speak for any of that. I'm sure they're all doing fine. <laughs> sure, I sure that I'm sure they're getting all it, whatever they're doing, they're doing it and good on them. Hey, point of fact the BlizzCon champions for World of Warcraft Arena this year, two of them are fathers. There you go. So it's working. Listen, I'm single <laughs> as shit. I just talk about video games on the internet. So. <laughs> Yeah, half of the half of the winning team was was married with kids. Yeah, see. Don't do what I do. Go play video games and get really good at it. You'll get married. See? Uh Dylan, our our our, our lovely uh producer, asks, uh esports is by by and large dominated by male players. What is what is and could be done to encourage slash promote more female esports gamers? I am looking because I have two resources that I'm thinking of off the top of my head. There's a Deadly Blossoms Overwatch amateur team, mm-hmm. and there is a World of Warcraft competitive esport Discord server for female for competitive female you know Warcraft PVPers. Um, other than that, I don't know. Like you, they're creating the space. They're carving out their opportunities. I think for a while there was even going to be an all female Heroes of the Storm team. Um, 
I, I honestly feel like I really, really want to support them, but I don't want to, like, I feel like I'm pushing myself into their spaces if I try too hard. If, if that, if that makes sense, it, it, you know, it, like it if, if, if they're carving, if they're carving out their spaces for themselves, then if I, as a male put myself and try and support them, aren't I putting myself in that? So I, I kind of, you know, support them where I can from back here. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna be the cheerleader, but I'm gonna be the cheerleader back here with my pom poms. Be like, you go, girl. <laughs> because uh, in all honesty, like I want to see more female players in esports. Absolutely, I think they they have just as any right as the male players to do this, and they're great players out there. Yeah, you you said the uh, the Death Blossoms, who I've seen play. I've seen them stream on Twitch. Like, I've seen their play. They're fucking good. They're really good. <laughs> And and uh, a professional Overwatch has one professional female player. She is on the Shanghai Dragons. Her name, uh, God, I forget. Oh, what is her it's, name? I'm... I know you're looking it up because I was about to look it up too. You you look it up. I'll I'll explain. Uh, she she was accused of cheating at the game uh, because her her main character is Zaryu, not Zaryu. What is the <laughs> Uh, oh man. Uh, what? Uh, Gaguri? No wait. Yeah, Gaguri. Gaguri. Yeah. Gaguri. Yeah, Gaguri. And she she mains um, man. What's Zarya. That? Zarya. Yeah. Right. So what I did to help support is that like I the LA Valiant is the team that I follow. Um, I have jerseys. Um, I have I collect their their um team colors actually in the game because you can earn um points towards getting the the over the Overwatch team skins um to you know customize your character while you're actually playing the game. And when Gagory signed with the Shanghai Dragons, one of the first things I did was I have a Zarya Shanghai dragon skin because I wanted to make sure that that the people you know measuring the metrics saw that like oh look people like that you know this Zarya skin in the Shanghai dragon colors hmm, I wonder why that is it's because that's a signature character for one of the the only female player in Overwatch League and one of the only female gamers I know female professional gamers yeah I know lots of female gamers your wife <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, no, I was I I remember she got they they she had to disprove her cheating twice. <laughs> twice. Not once, twice. That's how good she is. <laughs> Which speaks so much about her level of play that an all-male team was and and this that broke the mold right there. That's saying like listen, this isn't I mean, that's a good example of saying it doesn't have to be male dominated our teams can easily be interchangeable with any any whatever you you uh you know you know label yourself you could you know if you 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 could be a part of this team as long as you have this this the skill so just like you said it's like they're carving out their own piece of the the esport area for themselves but i think at the same time i think teams shouldn't just look at males i think they should also look at like what's going on with these people coming in and carving out their own space and how can can they be added to our teams i love that that 
that what teams didn't do though is what the NFL did, which is like, oh, we're gonna have pink pastel colored jerseys to try and get to try and draw in a woman audience, right? Like they're like, no, we're gonna we're gonna sign a woman. We're going to, you know, we're going to to there's there's professional well, I call them semi-pro teams and communities out there for for women gamers, you know has nothing to do with like making a jersey of of a pink color and calling it well there's there we're drawing in the women's crowd. Yeah. I'm I'm happy nobody did that. <laughs> I'm really happy nobody did that. Ugh. Although yeah, I mean I know, some, I know some people that watch sports are like I just watch for the butts. <laughs> watch it for whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right. Well, I did you did you have anything else you wanted to add about esports and and what you're doing and and yeah. Um. So again, we um, resurging esports broadcasting is the name of the organization I am part of. Um, it's uh, we do a Monday night in World of Warcraft, an open three v three tournament. And one of the things that makes this tournament special is that we've looked for all of the different ways that we can lower the barrier of entry into competitive PvP and Warcraft as low as we can. You don't have to show up with a team. You just show up and say, hey, I can play this character uh, who wants to play with me. And the organizers of the team will try and put you into a team. We try to get as many teams formed as we can, and we stream it in a semi-professional manner. We organize it and administrate it in a semi-professional manner, which means that banning and not banning, picking maps and picking comps is all part of the process. So that if you've never done that before, um, when you actually do compete for the first time for real, it's not your first time. You've done it is, you know, part of the resurgent tournaments. Uh, we have the Gosu Cup, uh, which is we are um, helping the Gosu crew, which is a StarCraft II, and they have a World of Warcraft team. Um, they're just doing a, a fun little 3v3 tournament, and they're starting that tomorrow, and I am going to be helping with that in some way. And then, like I mentioned, we're doing a 6v6 rated battleground, which is more objective-based instead of death kill. And uh, our first week is over, was over last week, uh, and then I think tonight they're doing their second week. Um and yep uh thank you dylan uh dylan linked uh resurgence uh b.com uh in chat so you can check them out i'm sure that's twitch.tv forward slash resurgence b is it the same thing i think so well I'll let you look it up real quick so we can shout it out and get people to go there and watch yeah yeah esb it's esports broadcasting. broadcasting. So resurgent ESB, so resurgent esports broadcasting. So ESB at the end of resurgent. You go check them out. Uh, know that Talon is working there somewhere behind the scenes, listening to the players play, loving what he does. <laughs> um, of course, uh, as we always say here, you know, uh, this is our like one of our very first episodes. We're doing something where we're discussing. Some, some something that someone has a passion for and uh it just happened to be a friend of our of the show and and us in irl and uh i'm i'm happy to have uh have had tamlin here i'm sure we will have you on again i'm sure we will talk about esports again and you will be here again uh and and shin should be here next time that would be uh, a good show <laughs> I, I promise things won't blow up and uh so uh do you want to go is there anything else you want to tell people where they can find you or anything like that follow you anywhere um, Twitter at Tanlin. 
There you go. Talon. A it's uh, at T A N N L I N. Uh, he tweets about uh, plugging his uh, Christmas tree into a smart device so he could turn it on and off from the bedroom. Which is genius, I, oddly. I, I can I could turn it off right now That's just great. by telling it to, to turn it off. It's right over there, and the echo is right over. That's fantastic. Um, worried about town blitzball. <laughs> Uh yes, that's right. Uh that'll that'll be coming up. We'll talk about Blitzball when it's getting closer to Blitzball, but Dylan Dylan is has already I, I don't know how much I'm gonna talk about it. But but there's rumblings of Blitzball <laughs> again for Final Fantasy. Blitzball. Yeah. It w- so they did uh so Dylan and uh RP group set up a massive Blitzball tournament and they did it via there's no Blitzball in Final Fantasy fourteen yet. So what they did is they RP did dice rolls to further moves and how they played uh, yeah, so they did, and they they all had their own teams. Maelstrom Radio sponsored the the Lemons and Bucks of the Buccaneers, which was an all female uh, t- pirate team. <laughs> you know, as as I do. <laughs> nice. So, uh, and we and uh, Dylan took it upon herself to make it a part of our uh, extra life, and that's how one of the reasons why we reached over. I think we we got over a thousand dollars in, in, in before even extra life even started. We were already at like 900 some odd dollars. <laughs> so thank you again, Dylan. <laughs> that's how, that's how we want. That's how I got Dylan to be our producer. I was like, Dylan did this. I'm going to Dylan join us. <laughs> um, $1,145 to be exact. She's <laughs> see, this is why she's our producer. She does. Um, Counting. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so any last minute thoughts on, uh, esports and, uh, anything else we discussed about today? No. And uh, I, what about you though? What, what, uh, what are you looking forward to watching in, uh, 2019 calendar? 2019. What right. event? Uh, I'm looking forward to Sonic Fox, uh, hold down his title in Evo. Um, I think he had a really good year. I'd like to see him do it again. Like I like that it was an American player. Uh, not only that, he was a furry. He was, he's also LGBTQ plus. He's gay. Like he was he was every he ticked off all the boxes and was still so confident and cocky. And I loved it. Loved every minute of it. And I'd love to see more of that. So of course Evo. Um, but you know what? I'm a little excited for like Magic the Gathering and a, and a digital space. And I'd like to because. Not to say Magic the Gathering ever went away as a popular thing because the cards still sell well. They still do Magic the Gathering nights at my local shop. They do them everywhere. Um, I just think that now getting to see Magic the Gathering streamed, like we talked about earlier, that interaction and getting to talk with players and stuff like that, I think it's going to be super interesting and open up the game again to a lot of people. Because I remember when Magic the Gathering first came out and it took... The, it, it was super popular. I remember the commercials, like people playing in cafes and stuff and they're like busting out their decks and you're like, yeah, I got to get that starter pack. And uh, I would love to see that happen again, because I think if there is a time to do it now is the time to do it. it and it's it's going to be interesting to see if Wizard, uh, Wizards of the Coast can and actually back it up and make it happen. What what platforms is it available on? Is it just PC? P- uh, no, it's mobile as well. <laughs> Yeah, see, I think that that's where we're going to see a lot of growth in esports is what what can we do with this little thing? You guys, you guys don't have phones? 
<laughs> yeah. They, but, um, they asked the right question. It's just at the wrong panel. <laughs> Uh, for me, um, I think you're right about like if, if fighting games are always fun to watch. Um, I'm interested to see where Magic the Gathering goes uh, now that it has like a, a, a it's relaunching itself in a digital space in a better way. Um, for StarCraft II, we have our first non-Korean champion, and he didn't just he didn't just win last year. He freaking tore up the standings dominated all year long i want to see Cyril do it again you know what i thought about i didn't think about it till just now is uh warcraft 3 is getting a, an hd makeover and yes <laughs> yes warcraft 3 online multiplayer just i would love to see that come back or resurgence in that game uh just with updated graphics it's it's right before it uh, Kai, okay, so Kylust has never played through Warcraft 3, so she'll get to play through it for the first time in HD, and um, <laughs> I'll get to play through the Frozen Throne expansion, because I... I I'm excited because they, they already said, like, oh, we went back and we did the maps to make it more... And I'm like, oh, wait a minute, now I have to play this, because <laughs> it's all new, it's all new. Same story, it's all new. All right, well, as always... Um, where you can find us in games, uh, well, Smash Brothers, uh, I, I, I've been tweeting out my, my Switch friend code, so go add me and let me humble you with Captain Falcon, is, <laughs> as I'm gonna put it. Um, or let me find out why I'm so good at Kirby. I don't know why I'm good at Kirby, but apparently I am. Also, gravity kills me more than anything in that game. You'll, you'll, <laughs> I will kill myself before you kill me, <laughs> as I come to find out. Uh, so you can find us on, uh, Nintendo Switch. That's about Shin and I. I don't know if Shin's tweeted out his, his Switch run code, but he should do that. Um, we'll make sure, like, all of our stuff is on our website where you can, like, add us to things. Uh, uh, you can find me, of course, uh, you can find us here weekly Fridays at, uh, 6.30 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. That's 9.30 Eastern. Uh, we're recorded, uh, shows go up on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And, of course, you can sh- Email us at show at maelstromradio.com. So if you have any questions, uh, concerns, or if you have ideas for our show, please let us know. Um, our Discord is on our website. Go give us a link. Go give us a follow. You happen there. Well, we have a lot of discussion in our general chat. We just were talking about esports a little bit earlier, the outfits and the, 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 the so oddly enough. Uh, also, what other people wear. <laughs> uh, you can find us at uh, Maelstrom underscore radio. You can find us on Facebook.com. That's forward slash Maelstrom radio. And of course, you can find us here on Twitch.tv forward slash Maelstrom radio. Thank you all for joining us here. Uh, Talon, you want to say goodbye one last time? Bye, everybody. All right. I'm going to do this. It worked. I love these buttons and do want to play a little thing so everybody can hear it. So, um, thank you all for joining us for episode one and two. Uh, I really do appreciate it. I'm had such a great discussion about esports today. Um, I, I'm definitely gonna have another esports chat. Make sure Shin's here. Make sure Talon's back for that. Um, like always, uh, follow us and follow our friends. And uh, yet again, thank you for letting us talk with you. Um, still don't know what's saying for when we leave, but. I'll figure it out sometime soon. But until then, keep your extra lives going and keep gaming.
Maelstrom Radio is a production of maelstromradio.com and Blackfire Media Productions. Today's episode is produced by Flatus, Shinter, and Dylan Thorne. Logo and artwork by Mary Larkins. Find them over at themarylark.com. Intro and outro are provided by MDK. Find his music over at mdkofficial.bandcamp.com. Views and opinions expressed on this episode belong to Maelstrom Radio and their hosts and do not reflect the views and opinions of the companies discussed on today's show.